Welcome to the No Boring Stories podcast. I, of course, am Alex Street, and I am so excited to be joined today by a great friend and a great mentor of mine. It is Mr. Chris Harder, and we are going to talk all things storytelling around entrepreneurship, what he's seen, what he's lived, how he's using storytelling right now, and this should be a lively one. Would you agree, Chris? Dude, I totally agree. And, and by the way, before we get started, I have to edify you. You know, you've been in our programs before, oh, and that's how we first got to know each other. And, mm-hmm. and then you've just become a friend from being in the programs. And you are hands down one of the classiest, one of the kindest. I mean, you literally won MVP, right? You, as voted on by your peers, mm-hmm. one of the most helpful, one of the most talented human beings out there, especially when it comes to owning your story that I've ever come across. And I don't say that lightly. And so, you know, to everyone listening, when they invest their, their time, when they invest their energy to learn from you, they're investing it in the right place. And I just, I wanted to be on record saying that. I, this is great. I'm just going to hit, I'm going to stop the recording now and then we'll start recording. Another. I'm just going <laughs> to save that in my little bank. And uh, I, I mean, I obviously, I appreciate that so much. We've had our own conversations and, and it's not just a public thing for you to do right there. Like this is, I, I truly see this and I feel this and and, you know, it is such a big part of my story. You are such a big part of my growth story over the last four years, really, in in finding the clarity that I have now. And it's through conversations and through statements like what you just said, where I have to go, holy crap, like this guy believes in me. This yeah. guy, and, and if he does, and, and he's been around so many other people that are starting businesses that are trying and putting themselves out there and using their gifts and talents to just try to make a difference in this world. And if he sees this in me, like that must mean something. And so I receive that. I'm thankful for that. I'm always trying to continue along that path, but I just, I just don't take that lightly. And I, I think that again, that it's seeing that as part of my story and you're a part of this it's such an honor to have you on the show here you know whether whether we talk full circle or what but i'm excited to get into this because i think those very same things about you and so yeah yeah let's do it buddy by the way you know like what i just said about you you say it's part of your story you've got to be able to and this is for everyone listening here's your first nugget to take away you have to be able to borrow other people's belief in you sometimes before you believe in you right so you need these moments where someone speaks life in you or where they say, Hey, here's what I recognize in you, or here's what I see in you. Mm-hmm. Those are not small moments. Those are moments for you to tuck away and, and pull out every time you're doubting yourself and pull out every time you're scared. And, you know, you pull it out every time you think that you're not making any progress. And, and those are those little, those little shots of steroids for you to get to the next level. But you, I mean, you, you don't need to borrow anyone. You've never had to borrow anyone's belief, right? <laughs> Obviously, that's a loaded question. The way that, that you ask, I well, exactly. The number of times that my wife Lori mm-hmm. has to kick me back in the game. Let's just let's just say I'm on a losing streak once in a while, and mm-hmm. and bad thing after bad thing after bad thing un- unfolds not in my favor. Those mm-hmm. times when you're just like, maybe I'm not cut out for this, or maybe I'm not good at this, or maybe this is not the direction I'm supposed to go. You need somebody who knows you well enough. Mm-hmm. to kick you back in the game through their words, to remind you, and this is what you always teach, mm-hmm. what part of your story is that you've forgotten. Yeah. And to help you rewire maybe a misinterpretation of your current moment's story. Because mm-hmm. we always have two stories, in my opinion. We've got the backstory. That's everything that's happened to us up to this moment. Yep. And then we've got the live story. And that's what's happening to us right now. And the problem is, Many times 
we are misinterpreting the live story that's happening to us right now. And we're giving it, we're seeing it through either fearful lenses or negative lenses or lenses that are coming from a a temporary losing streak. And so we're telling ourselves the wrong story about how it's unfolding. And we need other people to remind us of our backstory, where we were the hero, where we won, where we demonstrated talent that we can call upon to get through the current story. I actually, I met someone in your mastermind in fast foundations mastermind, and and she's become a great friend. And she called me out once because I, I was right. I was the day after we held this MVP vote and I was voted, you know, again, as you said, by my peers in that group and like, wow, I've really got something here. And the next day I was like, I don't know. Like, I just don't see where this is going. She's like, Alex, you are addicted to your own confusion. Like, oh, dang. Dang. (laughs) So, and that, that's the word that I go through. It's like, that's where I came from. Right. So you talk about past story, but also seeing in the present story, you're, you said just then we're hearing, we're seeing that the current story through the wrong lens and I often say the story that you've gone through is the story that you're going through. Right. And so the reminder there is, you're right. I'm living in confusion right now, but I don't need to because I, I have clarity on where I am. Well, the clarity so you've got this knowing your story and being able to tell it well. And that's what you teach people so well. But before you're telling other people your story, you better learn how to tell yourself the story in the right way. Mm-hmm. So what is it for you? Who is that person? You're like, you got to borrow this belief. Has it always been Lori? Or was there someone else way back when, people. when you really needed that kick? Who's, who's one of those first people that really, that believed you know, in you that you've learned that belief? Ron Vigil. And no one will ever know who Ron is. He'll, he'll never be famous. He'll never be any of that. But when I got kicked out of college, I got a job at a car dealership as Green Bay, Wisconsin, Midwest as 21. My parents thought my life was over. And I was like, oh, let's go, baby. I'm excited to be out participating in the economy. And I loved cars. So for me, this was like a home run. Get kicked out of college, hang out at a dealership all day. Why'd you get kicked out of college? Oh, man, that's a a story (laughs) we'll save for another time. (laughs) But so here's the point. We'll put that on the red version of of the podcast. Okay, got it. Yeah. (laughs) He's one of the first people to remind me who I am. So Mm. a guy that's working at the dealership's name's Ron. He's, you know, maybe 15 years older than me. And he's been there a while, veteran of the, of the industry. And he teaches me a few things that really helped me excel. And three months in, I'm the best salesperson. In other words, sold the most cars. Mm-hmm. Just three months in, I have 25 salespeople. From there, he fights for me to get a promotion into the finance department. And in the finance department, after being there for six months, he fights for me to get a promotion to run the department. Mm. Now, imagine being at this time about 22 yeah. And everybody else is much older than you that works in a dealership. And they are pissed off that you get this promotion to run the finance department because you're this punk kid that has only been there less, you know, about a year at this point. And I had a lot of insecurity around that, a ton of it. Yeah. And he was one of the first people to sit me down and remind me of the part of the story where I came in and I rose to the top right away. And then I came in and I crushed the finance department and I came in and I was able to, to show these leadership traits that mm-hmm. I hadn't yet recognized in myself. And I go on every chance that I get to give props, to give a shout out to this very unknown individual, Ron Mm -hmm. Vigil, because he set my career on its pace or path, I should say, to where it is today. Matter of fact, every summer when I go back to Green Bay, we have a lake house up there. I take him out to dinner so I can thank him once again in person for helping set me on this path where I am today. That's so significant because that happens so often where that'll come up in conversation with pe- where people are like, yeah, it was my, you know, it was my teacher. It was my, it was my piano teacher or voice teacher when I was 18 or something like that. And I was like, oh, have you talked to them? 
And she's like, no, nah, I haven't told her in 20 years. I'm like, you got to call these people. You got to let them know. That's the thing that just like you starting this conversation with me, like I'm going to need that on a day when I am in the dip. And, yeah. and when you can show up, when you can remind Ron that, wow, man, this guy made a difference when he didn't even know he was making a difference. He was just calling out. He was probably doing what just came naturally to him, which was to see leadership in someone else and call it out. You're sitting here a number of years later saying that set me on the right path. And guess and what? Here that was probably such an insignificant moment to him. He was right? probably just like, hey, how do I keep this kid's head straight? I just got him promoted, right? So yeah. to him, it was a tiny moment in passing. But to me, it was everything. And so there's, mm-hmm. there's really two morals to this story real quick. Number one is don't be afraid to speak life into somebody because you have no idea the huge mm-hmm. snowball effect that that can create in their life. That's mm-hmm. the first part of that story that I want everyone to take away. The second part is if anyone's ever made a difference like this in your life, like you said, a piano teacher, a teacher, so yeah, yeah. a church, whatever, go seek them out and tell them. Yeah. Because people never... We're all busy in life. People never get to hear the outcome of some of the the little moments in life where they made a difference. Yeah, yeah. And most of us aren't going to have movies made about us where they get that that character, right? So, I think my question for you again, let's just look in this, and then I want to I want to really expand into you know how really you're seeing storytelling being used in this world. But just look at this story just a second, because that I would call that the what happened moment where this character shows up in your life, the supporting character in your story shows up and it, it becomes this, you know, guide of sorts and, and helps you see something in yourself that you didn't see. And, and where I would say is, okay, but what was before that? Like, you know, you said you got kicked out of college and stuff, but like, what if you didn't have that belief until then you didn't see that in yourself until then, what did you like, what was the belief that you had in yourself? Like, was there, was it just questioning? Was it like, I'm lost? I don't have a direction. What, what I'll kind of, what you, did you feel in life before that? I'll tell you, and this is something that when I ask all of my successful friends, however you want to determine that people sure. that people would say have made it, mm-hmm. we all share this one common thread. And that is, we had no idea what it was going to be. We had no idea how it was going to happen, but we had an inner knowing that we Uh were meant to be out in the world and turn out big. And I don't know how else to describe it. It's this inner knowing. And the problem Uh is a lot of people have the inner knowing, but they let the unknown stop them. Oh, I don't know what it is yet. I don't know how to get there. I don't know what my first step should be. Everybody is missing most of the puzzle. But as long as you got that part of the puzzle that says, damn it, I know I'm meant to be big. I know I'm meant to do something impactful. I know that I'm meant for something grand. We have all sat around talking like, hey, I've always had that feeling. So to answer your question, yeah, I was excited to get kicked out of college because I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be out participating in the world, in the economy, mm-hmm. making money and investing and doing all these things. I felt like college was just slowing me down from being out there playing in the ballpark. This is what's so fascinating when you bring that in and then just to see exactly, again, to bring this now forward to where you are now, if I were to package your story up, it would be, I always had this feeling that I was meant for more and then just sort of stepped into the system of how I'm supposed to do things. But man, I wanted to be out of that. And then this guy, my first manager came along, really believed in me, breathed life into me and set me on a path that I'm on now to help others really realize their dreams, their goals to be the help that they need to breathe life into them so that they can realize their vision. And here you are like, there's this beautiful arc that I'm seeing in you that that is more full than I've 
I've known up to this point, just by getting this little conversation with you. And well, Alex, it, thank you. it means a lot, that, but there's, I'm 45 years old. So there's been a lot of stories. Sure. That is a happy story. There's been a lot of unhappy stories in there too, because nobody has a purely happy journey. Right. Mm -hmm. And the way that Ron spoke life into me and it propelled me to a new level, sometimes it's somebody doing the opposite mm -hmm. that also fuels you and propels you to a new level. And I'll tell you in 2008, 2009, when the huge recession hit, I was yep. in banking and it was a banking recession. And I spent a year flying around, laying people off over a thousand people, one by one by one. I'd get up first thing in the morning, get on an airplane fly to some obscure town like Rapid City, South Dakota or whatever, walk into the bank branch and everyone would turn white because they knew why I, was, why I was there. And that was the worst year of my life. I was miserable. I gained about 30 pounds. My marriage was, I like everything was horrible. And then it became my turn. And when it became my turn, my boss and my boss's boss you know, say, called me into the room. And I knew it was coming. And they said, Chris, you can have a demotion of a demotion of a demotion of a demotion. And run this branch over in Jersey and wait this thing out. Or you can have this severance package. And I said, give me the severance package. We're right there on the spot. And they're like, wait, don't you want to go home and ask your wife? I said, nope, I'm miserable. She's miserable. And something needs to change. Now, right. the something that needed to change was not my job, believe it or not. That's not the point of the story. What needed to change is all along, I was spending this year's money and next year's money. Like I was so confident what my next promotion was going to be, what my next bonuses were going to be. We were living way beyond our means. And sometimes that's what happens when you're on a, a big winning streak and you're in your twenties, you don't listen to anybody, right? Well, I didn't listen to anybody. I thought it was going to last forever. And when I came home with that massive severance package, we had to apply the whole dang thing towards paying off debts and mm -hmm. short selling this great big home that we just bought. I like to say I made short selling cool before everybody was doing it. <laughs> um, we had to get rid of the cars. We had to walk away from the rental properties. I mean, our financial life was a mess and we put ourselves there. Now that wasn't even the worst part though, Alex. Here's right. the worst part. Here's where I'm going with this story. We had to put all of the furniture that we had bought and had built for that new home on Craigslist. And car after car would pull up in front of the home and person after person would walk through my front door and they would bargain for the couch or they'd bargain for the table or they'd bargain for the TV and they'd walk out with our personal items, leaving me with just a little bit of cash in hand. And it was that cash in hand that allowed us to prepay one year's rent in a tiny little 900 square foot mother-in-law suite in a big fancy condo building, right? Yeah. And... It was that one year of getting to choose again is that one year of having your back against the wall is that one year of being stripped of my identity and my titles and everything that I thought was important and having to say, how do I want to show up this time? It was that year that really put us on the path to who we are and where we are today. So it's not always what someone says to you in a positive way. Sometimes yeah. it's something that happens to you in a negative way that also is one of the best parts of your story. Well, it seems like there's this movement of, again, even just in those two stories, you get kicked out of college, you get kicked out of this job. Like there's the, you lose, you lose one thing and you find another thing. And, and yeah. you as the optimistic person that I know you to be, to, to see there's an opportunity here. Mm -hmm. It's not often, it's not veiled optimism it's, or it's not, not, not fake optimism. It's not, it's not mysterious or abstract. It's like, no, 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 I know that there's opportunities here. 
right? Well, yes, but I got to be honest for anyone who's going through something like this right now. I was not the optimistic opportunity seeing person that I am in that moment. Now I've right. always been the way you describe me, but mm -hmm. Alex, this was a temporary couple year lapse of me losing my swagger, losing my confidence and really thinking, holy crap, maybe I, maybe this was a, a, a blip. Maybe this was a mistake. Maybe I just got lucky and I did it all wrong. And it was Lori, my wife looking at me and saying, I'm never going to let this happen again. That became the spark that lit the fire that started her career to become Lori Harder that everybody knows today. Mm -hmm. And that happened while I was down and out. So I, yes, I'm the eternal optimist and I can't stop seeing opportunity everywhere. 99% of my life, but this was not one of those times, but somebody else, in my case, it was Lori, somebody yeah. else. It might be a neighbor, a mentor, somebody that says something on a podcast. It was somebody else that gave me the chance to figure out how I wanted to show up and kick me back in the game. And, and, and that's always such an important part of your story. Okay. And again, this is where I think that this is so brilliant for how I know you and what you, what you do now and what you bring to the world as being a, I mean, you've got your, your podcast, which is so helpful all the time, your text list, which if you're not on it, get on Chris's text list. There's just always these, these ways that you are out here trying to help people all the time that are in any position looking for these opportunities, looking for this some way to turn their story around. I feel like you are the one who is here trying to be that able to be that voice that breathes life into us. And you've seen this over so many years with hundreds of entrepreneurs that you've worked with in your masterminds and in different settings. And now with new opportunities that you're building, I want to get to that. But first, I'd love to know, as you have seen so many people or have worked with so many entrepreneurs on all kinds of different levels, how are you seeing them, you know, whether they know their story or they don't know their story, how does that affect how they are successful, how they grow their business, how they show up? What okay. have you seen? How have you seen that affect the journey? Everything. Here's why. Everybody has a good message. Everybody hopefully has a good product. But if you can't tell an engaging story that makes somebody stop in their tracks to listen to it long enough to then buy into it, well, then it's just as good as if you didn't have a product or a message at all, right? Here's a good example. Mm -hmm. When I came home from corporate America and Lori was growing her brand, I thought, this is going to be great, babe. I'm going to do all the parts you're not good at and you're going to do all the parts I'm not good at. We're going to crush this. Well, because we were opposites, we had opposite styles of communication. I would take the shortest route to a message possible, really masculine and to the point. And she did not like that type of approach at all. So even if I was saying the right thing, even if I was conveying the right information to her, I wasn't saying it in a way that it would land on her. So it was as good as if I didn't have anything to say to her at all. Does that make sense? Yep, and it wasn't absolutely. until we sat down and practiced just the way you get people to practice their story, practiced mm -hmm. communication together. I would say, Lori, when I have to bring up this, when I have to bring up sales or numbers or this, or that, how do you want me to bring it up? And how do you want me to say it? And when do you want me to bring it up? And then I would role play it. I'm not kidding. Mm -hmm. I'd role play it back to her. And then she would ask me the same questions for things that triggered me and she'd role play it back. It was that type of practice that it took for us to be able to coexist as business partners. 
And so here's, there's a very long answer to your, to your question, but this is important. The same way that when I was saying accurate things yeah. in a way that was not able to be received by Lori is the way that entrepreneurs have wonderful products and wonderful messages to convey, but they're not landing on anyone because they don't know how to tell a damn story about it. It's so brilliant. I mean, there's, because it's a relational game. Mm-hmm. This is what we're taught. We're people dealing with people and communicating with people. And we're leading with what? What If it's not stories, what are people leading with that you see? Yeah, they, they lead with stats. Like, hey, have you heard about my, my product? Have you heard about my shake? Have you heard about my course? Let uh-huh. me tell you, it's got these features and it's got, the, you know, and nobody cares. Like until you get them to buy in emotionally, they don't care. And so if you're going to have a business, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you actually have a moral obligation to become a good storyteller. And I mean that when I say, I know that sounds pretty dramatic, but you have a moral obligation to become a good storyteller, or at least be able to tell your story well about your product and your service. Otherwise, you won't be able to interrupt people's pattern of making the wrong decision and finally get them to make the right decision about your product. You won't be able to get them to do that. So, oh man, I love it. I love it when you pull out the moral obligation card because this is saying that you, because you have a gift, we need what you have. And the best way for you to show up with what you have and get us to pay attention to it is to tell a good story. Yep. To tell a story. I always talk about it like, it doesn't even have to be good. Just tell a story to get our attention. But then yes, let's develop a good story so that you really capture it. And Alex, anyone can learn a story. Like, listen, mm-hmm. there's some things that you can't do. Like you can't learn how to play basketball good enough to be an NBA player, or you can't necessarily learn. Like I know for a fact, I don't have the skill sets to learn how to be an astrophysicist. Like it's just not in my DNA. My brain doesn't work that way. But guess what? The one thing that everybody can learn to do is to tell a story and a pretty decent one at that. That barrier of entry is free. It just takes practice and repetition and the willingness to become good at it. And so if that's one incredible asset that everybody is capable of, then that's one of the assets that everybody should choose to master. Okay. So how are you seeing this now in your journey and with what you're creating? Tell us a little bit about what you're creating and and how you're seeing and using storytelling specifically to to get this into the world. And, And again, sort of, you know, go forward with your obligation to make sure that this gets in the hands of the people that need it. This is fascinating that you ask about this because I'm working on my life's legacy project right now. It's a peer-to-peer lending app that is basically a matchmaking app that pairs people who are in a financial jam with people that have the means to help get them out of that jam and slowly get paid back. And it it came from a real-life scenario that happened to me. Now, when you have a brand around generosity and you know financial practices mm-hmm. it invites a lot of people sliding into your dms asking for money you know my heartbreak is this could i have 500 bucks my tragedy is that could you pay my more like i probably get a hundred or more of these a month no joke and so because i, I should so stop sending money, you those things then hey yeah. i mean <laughs> i just count on it every week i just count on it every week so i made a personal policy to Never answer those because I don't know what's real and I don't know what's not real. And you know me, when I say we're givers, we're givers, right? But we do it in a way that we can verify where it's going that's making a difference. And and I can't verify that in in DMs. So despite having this personal policy, 
that I'm not going to answer DMs about people asking for money. One day, gosh, almost three years ago now, somebody slid into my DMs. He was a landscaper. And he said, Chris, I listen to your show. I'm so grateful for the motivation that you give me. I'm kind of in a jam. I'm two payments behind on my truck. And as a landscaper, if they repossess my truck, then not only can I not have my business, but two other guys work for me and they will lose their jobs. And he went on to say, is there any way that you could lend me $680 so I could get current on my truck and these guys could keep their jobs? Now, again, I didn't know if it's true or not, but for a lack of sounding cheesy to those who don't believe in like God or a, a, a higher power, I have no other explanation other than it was like a physical message that came through the top of my head into my heart that said, hey, answer this one. And, and I know that sounds dumb, but I have no other way to explain it, Alex, okay? It was a physical message yeah. Yeah. that came through me. So I said, hey, stranger, no problem. I'm happy to send you the $680. It is not a loan, but I want you to do me a favor. I want you to take this money, get current on your truck, and use this moment to put yourself in a position so that you can do this for somebody else one day down the road. I believe in you. And that was it. Now, listen, I didn't know if I'd ever hear from this guy again. I didn't care if I heard from him again. I sent him a PayPal for the 680 bucks, and I thought that was it. A couple months later, though, I get an unsolicited message back, and it's the landscaper. And he says, hey, man, I just wanted to give you an update. That day when you sent me the $680, I got current on my truck and I appreciate that. But that's not what I wanted to share with you. When you said, don't waste this opportunity, put myself in a position to do this for somebody else one day and that you believed in me. He said, man, for some reason that lit a fire in me and I have gone absolutely crazy getting as many landscape jobs as I possibly can. And you'll be happy to know that I'm buying a second truck and hiring two more guys. Come on. And Alex, I mean, I've got goosebumps right now every time I tell the story. <laughs> Alex, 680 measly dollars yeah. was the difference between this gentleman closing his business and two other guys losing their job or this guy expanding and creating two other jobs. 680 bucks, that's it. Mm -hmm. And there are millions of people in this same type of situation. I mean, my wife grew up where they traded the same hundred dollars around the family, whoever needed it most, because they yep. had nowhere else to get it. Yep. Well, where did these people go to payday loan stores? Well, first of all, if you don't have consistent paychecks, you can't go. And they are predatory. Like 680 bucks will turn into a debt of 3680 bucks in no time at all. Yeah. And so this was the seed that was planted in me that said, how do I find a way to match all these people who are in a temporary jam? with people like me who is willing to lend them the money and of course get a nice return on that loan so that it's a win-win for everybody. Now, here's where storytelling becomes important. Alex, I am horrible at tech. I like It just doesn't make sense to me. It's never made sense to me. And I've never in my entire life wanted to build an app or build tech. But I'm amazed that you got on the Zoom call today, quite honestly. Oh, man. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you, if it plugs in, it strikes the, the fear of God in me. But I'll tell you what, mm -hmm. I wasn't going to let that stop me from creating this two-sided marketplace. And I knew I needed somebody 
whose strength was to help bring this to life. That somebody is a guy named Matt, a dear friend of mine. Ironically, I met him in a mastermind several years ago. And Matt built a great big tech company, multiple nine figures, sold it, you know, big success story. And when he sold that company, he was able to retain his team because it was bought by a competitor. And he went to his team, Alex, and he said, guys, we're being bought out. They don't need any of you. But because I'm so grateful that you got me across the finish line, I'm going to pay your salaries for the next two years. And I don't care if you want to sit on the couch and coast, you've earned it. I don't care if you want to get a job and double dip, you've earned it. Or maybe somebody will come along and give us a project that we all want to work on together because we know that we're good at working together. And sure enough, here comes me, Matt, 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 you got to help me bring yeah. this thing to life. Now, for me to really get him viscerally engaged in this idea, I couldn't sit down and tell him the features. I had to tell him the story about the landscaper. Mm -hmm. And when he saw the goosebumps on my arms, because we were in person, he immediately understood why it was so important to me. Yeah. And he said, I'll tell you what, I'm burnt out. I'm tired. I just sold this company, but this sounds really important. And if you can convince my team to do it, we will be your partners in this. So I went to his team. And I told them the story. And because I was able to tell them the story in a way that reached them, they were all in. And here we are a, a year into developing this thing. This is going to be a multi-billion with a B dollar piece of tech that's going to change the way people behave when they are in a financial jam forever. We're taking the shame and the fear and the unknown out of somebody being in a financial jam just like that landscaper. And that wouldn't happen if I wasn't able to convey this story. It's okay. So I love this. Obviously I am in, I, we've been, I've been leaning for, I've been literally leaning forward as you do this, which is what stories do. And what this does is it makes us lean in and to bring it all together. I don't know if this is what you're leading. You said, this is what you lead with. You lead with that story when you're talking to investors. Is that right? Yep. yep. And so talking to the team, talking to a business partner, then the team, and then we're going to start this thing. Now we need money. Well, how do we get money? How do we bring people in? Start with that story. Let's go with it. Brilliant. Love it. And in all of this, as we've talked about your journey, and really we started with this borrow belief thing. Yeah. I don't know if that's a message that you're using for this, but there is, that's what I hear when you hear, when you talk about the landscaper is what he borrowed from you was not merely 680 mm. bucks, but he borrowed the belief that you gave to him. Yeah. And, and then, well, what did Matt's team need? Well, they, they borrowed his belief that something's going to happen here. And now what are you doing? You're going to investors to say, Hey, like we need to borrow, not just your money, but also the fact that you believe that this is actually going to grow and be the thing. And what does any one of those landscapers, any one of those people that's going to ask, go on this app and ask someone else for money, they're borrowing some money, but they're actually borrowing this relational. They're borrowing some belief that you see that I'm going to dig my way out of this hole and your loan is going to help me do that. Yeah. There's something so beautiful and such a, a golden through line in all of this that what has carried you through, Chris, is now exactly how you're showing up and you're going to help people on a massive scale step onto their path with clarity and with confidence. And I'm so excited for you. <laughs> I just, I'm so grateful that, that you're here, that you shared this. Do you agree? I mean, do you see that, that story? This in is that? hands down, Alex, the most excited I've ever been in my entire life about anything, about anything. 
And it all centers around the fact that a real life story happened to yeah. me. Yeah. And then I was able to package and convey that story in a way that enrolls other people. It's, you know, Lori and I had a conversation about this the other day. It's funny that this just came up. We we're talking about what makes people successful. And what we kind of boiled it down to is whoever can be really good at enrolling other people in their vision. No matter what your skill sets are, no matter where you're starting from, no matter what life's dealt you, the people that really crush it, that really go somewhere, they're great enrollers. They enroll people in their vision. And the only way to enroll people in your vision is to be able to clearly and concisely convey it to them in a way that physically evokes emotion out of them. And then they're signed up for anything you want them to do. And that just makes me want to go right now and start talking about less about my programs, more just share, share my vision, my vision here to help more people tell their stories, to share their stories. Cause when you share your story, you shape the world. And, and it's just, you're getting me excited. I love this. I am so, so grateful for your time, for your space, your energy, for your belief in not only me, but so many people that are like me that are in this position of, of starting out building their businesses. Uh, they've got they know they've got all the talent and the gifts in the world. They're just looking for how to do it. And and you have been consistently cheering us on. And so for that, I'm so grateful for you, for our friendship and for your time today. Is there any way, I mean, how do you want people to follow up uh, if they don't know you now, if they're not connected with you yet, what's the best way to do that? I've got two great ways. Instagram, I do my best to respond to everybody's messages if they have a legitimate business question. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it takes me a while to get through them, but but I get through them. And the other way is every single morning that I wake up, I send out a positive money mantra text or a positive business perspective. And this is because when we wake up every single day, we have nothing but negative news hitting us, left hitting us, right, landing in our laps. Well, this is a way for you to actually put on the right set of lenses before your feet hit the ground. And you're going to wake up to my text every single morning with a positive money mantra. And it's totally free. My wife, you know, I wake my wife up to a mantra every morning for years, for about a decade. I said, babe, I'm happier, healthier, wealthier, more fit than I was yesterday. I make her say it back to me. And she kind of hates that I make her say it back, you know, because she's groggy and she's just waking up. <laughs> but it forces our minds to see the morning through the right set of lenses. And so every morning I come up with a new mantra and I send it out to you so that you can force your mind to start the day seeing it through the right set of lenses. So if you want to get on my text list, all you have to do is just text me the word daily so I know to put you on it. Text me the word daily to 310-421-0416. Again, just text me the word daily. That's all you got to do. Text me the word daily to 310-421-0416. Amazing. Chris, I'm so grateful for this and for you again. And I'm just so excited about what's going on here and how you continue to change the world. Thank you. I'll tell you what, buddy, we're going to have to tap on you to help us uh, tell stories about the people that have success stories on on the app once we launch this thing. So stay tuned and buckle up. You know where to find me. Thanks for listening. This has been No Boring Stories. I am Alex Street, and we are just getting started. I'd love to know what you thought of this conversation, so please feel free to reach out to me on my website, on Instagram. In the meantime, honor this conversation, go out in your life, and tell a better story today. We'll see you next time.